The club was legendary. It was a safe space somewhere that we could be free and be ourselves how we wanted to be. It was an after-hours establishment, open at 2 o'clock. It was freedom and family. And at that time, during the early 90s, you know, it was still not as open as it is now, you know, 20, 30 years later. You know, we were just kind of taking that step to be free and worry about, you know, getting hurt or bashed or whatever or ostracized. The music made it free. The sound itself was just a different sound because of the way um, the speakers were positioned. It was a room, two rooms, but one room was just a dance floor and speakers were layered on the walls. So that's kind of you just went and the sound just kind of gotten to you. And so you just kind of developed, you know, this whole kind of lifestyle you developed at that time, relationships with people because there was no social media. So you had to talk to people and interact. Like you said, it was a different time. It was a time when uh, a lot of these these kind of clubs, they were word of mouth. And the community there was all word of mouth. You can come here, you can be free, you can be safe, and you don't have to worry about what somebody, you know, what's this going to think. Right. And, you know, we had the club had become so legendary that celebrities, that's where they used to hide out. You know, um, Dennis Rodman would come and party there. Madonna, too, right? Madonna, yeah. She was missing. I remember in the papers she was missing for a weekend. But she was she was with us, you know, and and, you know, we never bothered them. You know, we looked over. She was dancing and vibing and hugging people and just it was just like, oh, Madonna's here. But that's Detroit. Tell me about a typical night at Club Heaven, if there was a typical night. So before you went, you had to decide, you know, what your look was going to be, um, you know, what how you felt, what you were going to do. Like, when you walked in, of course, you wanted to be seen because that front room is where they saw you before you got to the second room. And um, typical night, when you walked up, you had to walk up a flight of stairs to get to the top, so you would feel the sound immediately when you walked in, like your clothes would vibrate. you heard it and you just kind of felt at home and then you got on the dance floor and it just became something else it was like a religious experience it was just for four hours you just sweated and danced so that was a typical night and then afterwards when the lights came up and you actually realized that oh it's daylight and you know you go outside and you're just kind of you're going home to another day but that was just like a whole different experience from any other club at that time Let's talk about this Kickstarter campaign. Uh, the Detroit Sound Conservancy wants to save the sound system of Club Heaven. So what is it going to take to do that? Um, it's going to take a lot of people in the community to invest and understand why it's so important. It's important because it's a part of our Detroit legacy, our techno legacy, our house music legacy, um, LGBT legacy, like the spaces that we have then don't exist anymore. So it's just kind of like these pieces are the story of what we have. And that sound system is legendary because of the way it was set up. It was angled in corners of the room, so the sound went to the center. Because a lot of DJs across the world followed Ken Collier, who was the DJ. So they followed his sound. They kind of learned under him and took that, you know, overseas and even in different um, house communities in the um, country. So restoring that would just mean a lot like Anything else that's historical for Detroit. 